0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular
1: film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm being fantabulously emancipated too. Just kidding, I'm stuck in my apartment like all the other schmucks. I mean, I'm Alex. (laughs) Guys,
2: I forgot to mention on the last episode that I wish Blade vaped. Um, so, yeah... (laughs) There's a part in the movie where they give him, like, a new rig, a way to, like, get his medicine, <laughs> to, to, to get for him to take his big boy vitamins, and it's like a little mouth rig, and I saw that, and I was like, man, I hope Blade vapes, and he doesn't vape, so I guess, um, F, or whatever, Blade. <laughs> I'm Britain, and, um, <laughs> uh, tonight we're talking about the Nanny Diaries. Correct.
0: Um, we are revisiting the DC um, conglomerate. Um, <laughs> the it's it's. I think this is like the second Hell's Kitchen reference I've made in like five episodes, like the last five episodes. Um, but it really is like when you have a contestant who who like goes up to Gordon Ramsay, and just every time you know it's not going to go like you just know that they're going to get just screamed at and they're oh, going yeah. to get voted off in like two episodes anyway. And it's just like. <laughs> It's it's just it's checking in a, in the middle of everything being on fire and just like hey how are you guys doing it's like oh you're still terrible okay I see <laughs> every... not that this movie is terrible but just like the whole organization of yeah. the universe is so
1: wild every meal they've 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 undercooked the chicken
2: what do you think they're gonna <laughs> do tonight boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also they keep not. They keep changing the, the way they're serving the chicken. They keep being like, yeah. oh, "No, no, now we're going to do like a teriyaki thing. We're not, we're not doing teriyaki. No one cares about teriyaki. Instead, so the restaurant across the street, they did like a Hawaiian kind of steal. <laughs> so we're going to do that. Only we're just going to put, uh, we're just going to cover the chicken with flowers. And just like kind of throw it at you. There will be a single slice of pineapple served with the chicken. And they you they had a steel drum across the street, and so we're just gonna hit you with a steel drum. <laughs> not with a with the stick for a steel a steel drum. The no, actual no, with steel the steel drum. drum. And uh, also, we <laughs> forgot to make chicken. Would you like this hot pocket?
0: <laughs> Hawaiian hot pocket.
2: Um, <laughs> it costs twenty dollars a month.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's where we are. Um, I don't think any of us like a, a movie. I think we can this, all... This,
2: this belies my enthusiasm for today's movie.
0: Yes, I think we can all generally like acknowledge that they have recovered somewhat.
1: They've recovered um, to the level of mediocrity. Yes. <laughs> well.
0: Wow. Um, in, in terms of, you're looking at your last, like, you're looking at Aquaman, Birds of Prey, yeah. Shazam, Wonder Woman, all in recent years. Oh, the Justice yeah, League yeah. is somewhere in the middle of that. We're not going to talk about it. Um, you know, for them... I mean, Joker's in there. I know that's not part of your universe. I don't know. But, like, they, they've they gotten to... They've stabilized, is what they've done. Um, I think
2: that the less connected a DCEU movie is to the DCEU continuity, the better it is. Yes. Shazam is the least connected, and it's the one I like probably the most, and is the most, like, sure. cohesively functional. Yeah. Yep. Um um so i i I think there's that's a telling metric yes
0: and the i was gonna say um
2: we're talking about birds uh, of prey and the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford by the way we're not clear we haven't clarified
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i don't know it's it's just fascinating to watch them like sort of because like even birds of prey was reviewed relatively well as we'll talk about in just a moment. but like it also did not do great at the box office. I mean it was R rated, so it was never gonna be like gangbusters, but and I'm I'm glad that they made it R rated. I think that is mm-hmm. better for it. But uh Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. And it's weird that they just keep going. And I don't know what they're gonna take away. Like I guess maybe they're just gonna keep doing these like uh semi prestige things with like they did with Joker. I don't know. They're in a weird place. Alex, what are the reviews for Bird Prey
1: Love? (laughs) Well, now that you've set me up like that. uh, uh, What what was the alternate title that, that Warner Brothers changed it to last minute? It's just Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Is it? I thought it was Birds of Prey Harley Quinn. No, neither is very good. There, it, we should probably address. Look, this. they 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 <laughs> messed it up from the get go, and then they never recovered title wise. Yes.
2: Could could they not just say Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey?
1: I know. Doesn't that seem like there, the obvious choice? There are so many better choices. Because like, so
0: we the we have ended up with, and this is going in the podcast title. I don't care if it breaks. I don't care if like it. You just can't read the rest of the title. Where it the title is Birds of Prey and the Van the. Fantabulous Emancipation? Yes. Or is Harley Quinn the one that's Fantabulous?
1: No, The, the, emancipation. Emancipation. the emancipation, emancipation, of emancipation of One Harley
0: Quinn. One Harley Quinn. Okay. Um, they didn't call it Birds of Prey. They didn't call it Harley Quinn. They didn't call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey is the obvious title. Like, that is, yes. that is yes. what you yeah. do. Yeah, that, yes. That, I think that actively
1: paints a picture of what you're getting into. Yes, I, that accurately reflects the content of the movie.
0: Yes. Uh, I don't know. It's fascinating.
1: Anyway, scores. Uh, the movie has a 78% critics and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was directed by Kathy Yan from 2020. So it will be the most recent movie we've reviewed at this point. True. Mm. Sure.
0: Unlike Terminator Dark Fate, which I think I thought was the most recent one when we. Yeah
1: talk about it i um, mean I, if you had told me that we had seen that last weekend it wouldn't have mattered i've, I've already forgotten it <laughs> who wants to go first i can go first if
2: I, I um, think I'm sure tyler what are you what's your best and worst thing about uh birds of prey or the unexpected virtue of ignorance <laughs>
3: very good. it's um, really
2: shocking how many of these long titles apply to this movie <laughs> How I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Love Fast the and
1: Furious presents the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs>
2: Look, honest, really and truly, if I if I had like a a column and like a Village Voice, I could title my positive review "Birds of Prey: How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb." <laughs> <laughs> because that's that exactly how good. I feel about this movie.
1: Um, that's quite good. Yes.
0: My best thing about this movie is that I think it's got a real entertaining, fun-to-watch style. Um, Yes. The action scenes are often very, very good. They're creative. Um, Even when they miss, uh, which we'll we'll get into, there are things that... Action scenes that I think kind of fall flat in this movie, but even then, they're still trying to do something that's very interesting, and at least I'm like, okay, I, I see... I like the concept here. Um, the, like, we we talked about, or, I think my best thing might have been something very similar for Blade 2 with Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Um, because that movie was very colorful, and this movie is far more colorful as it should be. Um, there is, like, a lot of really great just, like, visuals. I think mm. just the movie pops. Um, I, I, th- I noticed specifically uh, Black Mask's nightclub. It's got this, these really g- great like red and yellow lights, and there's the big weird mask th- silhouette in the background on the stage. Um, everyone's got these crazy weird costumes uh, that look great and are weird and feel handpicked and aren't just like... I mean, I think that the comparison, which will, will probably come up multiple times, would be Suicide Squad. Um, where Suicide Squad, you had a lot of like... Oh, they're trying not to do... Uh, you know a, a straight up superhero costume but also they have no idea what else to do um this movie was much more oh here's here's a, a random outfit or costume or something that really shows out this character's personality they really did that with harley quinn and with black mask um yeah it's it, i think it's a very very visually rich movie um i agree It's, yeah, it's just entertaining, and I think there's a lot of, also the uh, entire scene where Harley Quinn is uh, invading the precinct, police precinct, and she's got the, like, shotgun that shoots uh, beanbags and confetti, and it's all crazy and insane, Um, and then they follow that right up with this uh, great sequence and pouring water from the sprinklers, Mm. And so, like, that adds a whole different look to it. I don't know. There's just a lot of really, really cool poppy visuals in this movie. Um, there, are, there
2: are literal bursts of color.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure I'll think of more as, as we go along. But that was just, like, if nothing else, the movie really, really grabs my eye on that. Also, the fact that it opens with an animated short. It's just like, mm. yeah, we're just we're just doing this. Um yeah. The I don't know it's it's creative in a lot of ways I think uh, especially
1: Suicide Squad was sorely lacking, um, to say nothing of other DCU movies. But like it, you know. it does make me wonder if, if Suicide Squad was directed by Kathy Ann, like same script mm-hmm. and everything. It, how much better it would be just like yeah. visually and I mean I don't think this movie's edited particularly well, and I'll get sure. into that. But I, it's not an
2: incomprehensible nightmare like Suicide <laughs> yeah. Squad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Suicide Squad had such a an annoying aesthetic where it was clearly trying to be like a punky thing, but it ended up just being like some high school jerk who you're like, oh, I'm so sick of this kid. Like hot topic meth that was like obviously super sexualizing of Margot Robbie and everything. And then this movie, it's like fun. <laughs> like yeah. the, the, the way everything looks fun, and they do. They do a lot of nice things where they center the camera on uh, Harley Quinn's face rather than mm-hmm. other parts of her body, and she looks like she dressed herself, not like a man dressed her, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's all.
0: And I think they also do a right. good job of uh, approaching the outfit. Um, yeah, it would have been fun to see her with like the full-on Harley Quinn outfit, but um, mm-hmm. at the end, you do she she's wearing these ridiculous like gold overalls, um, and she's got rollerblades and she's got her mallet uh yeah straight out of the comics and she's beating people up with it and so like all that i really like that design
1: well i don't think the story would call for her to wear her classic costume i think it reflects more on just how much suicide squad messed up (laughs) by not having her wear her classic costume but the idea that she has left the joker and is trying to form her own identity i feel like that would have defeated the purpose if it's like in the third act oh she's gotta wear the costume Yeah.
0: So, and there's a nice, a nice gag to it where she has a bulletproof vest that's decorated like it that she gives yeah. to
1: well, also, Renee Montoya. Well, also, I, I like the little touches where they reference Suicide Squad, but it's not like going overboard with it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when they, when they're looking through the trunk and it's got the daddy's little monster T-shirt, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, don't put that on. It <laughs> has sentimental value." I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Or when she's in the police precinct and she sees uh, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang. Yeah, she's like, I I think I, I know that, that guy. The first time.
0: That's good stuff. <laughs> I I I got a good chuckle out of that. Um, yeah, I think that it does a good job of not completely disowning it while being like, let's just take a step back. Let's sidestep and, it. Yeah. Um, the I was gonna say, and, and the other thing about Suicide Squad is the the big uh, character shows up and their name pops, and they've got like all these mm. this exposition that goes by way too fast to read. Um, yeah this movie does that so much better where she's it's constantly she's throwing uh, a name and it's all the same style they've they've nailed down what that's supposed to look like and a name pops up over somebody that she wants to narrate about and then she might do a little silly drawing on them and she'll explain who they're what they're about there'll be a silly gag like visual gag with the words or something like that um like where she um first when she does that with black mask it, it scrolls through all the different things that he has grievances and there are all these ridiculous uh silly petty things um and so yeah I I think that overall just stylistically it is uh, a much better achievement <laughs> than many of the DCU movies and especially Suicide Squad. Um I do think that uh the editing still needs a lot of work and that leading into my worst thing because uh I think that with Suicide Squad there is a lot of confusion as to like what was David Ayer's vision,
1: or what was edited in. Because I know that like I mean, if trailer... you go look at his, if you go look at his Twitter now, like he's completely flipped his his. Uh, I guess with all the Snyder cut stuff yeah. going on, he's just like, guys, I want the air cut. Do it, yeah. do it, do it, do um, it. Well, that's the interesting thing
0: is that because the the I think the rumors are that the trailer cutters, like the people who got to cut
1: the trailer, and then that trailer got. Received really well by the public. Oh, that's not they, a rumor. That's, that's like, fact. It's confirmed. They, they actually... They melded... What they ended up doing, they melded a cut between Ayer and the trailer house's cut. And yeah. that's what the final product is. Yeah. And that's really interesting because I have much less
0: confidence that the original Ayer cut of Suicide Squad is nearly as interesting as the original Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> However... um. Kathy Ann, I believe, also uh, tweeted out, like, in response to David Ayer saying she knows oh, how it Oh, tweeted like a bird. Yeah. I get it. When he was talking about the editing and stuff. And I think that really, really comes up in the third act. So it's hard for me to know, like, yeah. what is coming from where. But specifically for me, the worst part was there's, like, a ten-minute segment of this movie where it just makes a lot of really weird choices uh, that I did not like and that felt very convenient and kind of just was like the movie hit a, a pothole and busted a tire and it got to the destination in the end. And I was fine with, with most of the stuff after that, but it just completely changed the momentum of the movie. And I think made the ending not land le- nearly as well as it could have. Um, and specifically I'm talking about is a scene that starts with Harley Quinn and Cassandra Cain. It, it, it's the name, last name Kane in this. Did they yes. actually ever say that? Okay. Um, that was a weird choice, but we can talk about that. Uh, they are sitting on the couch watching cartoons at night or whatever, and then there's Beaten on the door, and there's a policeman, and he's like, Gotham police, open up. And they're like, oh, no, we got to leave. And so they're like, they, they scramble, and they start to, I think, go out the window or the fire escape. And then uh, some guy outside who I guess she had done something too earlier in the movie. I, I missed that. I was unable to...
1: I thought the gag was he has a grievance with her and she has no idea what she did. Okay. Because um, they do the little zoom in with the little graphic and, and it's like, grievance, question mark, or okay. something like that. Uh. Either way, he has like a big colorful bomb that he throws at her
0: apartment out of his truck and yeah. it explodes. And then it explodes and the uh, her hyena runs after it and there's an explosion and then she loses Lahina she it's not he's not dead and he comes back later in the movie so he somehow just disappeared the policemen are not brought up again that were at her door like i guess the implication is they got hit but we don't it doesn't seem it's it's weird. Like we don't address we don't they don't go outside and see and you know see him
1: in the hallway or something. Correct me um, if I'm wrong. It, it isn't Huntress. Like she's downstairs at the restaurant. The scene before, right? Does she just leave?
0: It well, that was like
2: much earlier in the day, too.
0: It, yeah, I think the idea is that that was earlier in the day. It doesn't really specify. Okay, I got
2: confused um, by no, that. It's like, was like, what is it,
1: the point of the scene? Just cut it right. out.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, she goes. Or they go outside. The guy is gone. The guy in the truck is just gone. Yeah. And they never talk address the policeman. We don't know how her hyena disappeared. And then she talks to Doc, the guy who runs the restaurant downstairs. And they play this scene where he is like, oh, I'm sorry that, you know, people bought me out to sell you out. Because uh, now I get to go open my own new business. And it's really nice. And they play this scene completely straight. Yeah. When it feels like that could be a very funny scene if it was like... She's she's heartbroken over this uh, uh guy who is like this kindly old man who's like, I'm sorry, I wanted to I don't know. I don't know what you do with that, but I think you can do something a lot better with that because when you play it straight, it just feels kind of like weird and out of place for this movie. Um I don't know. I thought that was weird. And then she decides to sell Cassandra Kane or trade Cassandra Kane to Roman Sionis. And then uh, somewhere in this mess, um, what is it? Oh, um, Black Canary sends a text to Renee Montoya saying, "Hey, we're going to meet to trade in the girl at this this theme park. Come meet us there." And this is how Victor Zaz realizes that Black Canary betray is has, has betrayed them, and. Because he, she's he looks very
1: careless with where she puts her, her phone.
0: Her phone is sitting there face up and he looks down and he sees it. And she doesn't realize that he noticed it. Yeah. And then he calls, that's how he calls Roman Sionis and that's how he gets his army to come to the theme park instead of just like them doing the trade, Zaz doing the trade. Um, and it's just like there's a series of really weird conveniences and character things um, that I don't think are really set up or paid off well enough for it to be there. And I think that from that point when you get into the theme park stuff and and the action scenes that happen there and some of the character stuff that happens from that point on, I think that's all okay um, and there's parts I genuinely really enjoy but that particular thing just like was a real weird whiplash for me from the rest of the movie where there's just a lot of weird plot elements and contrivances and character turns and things that were used to get everyone in the position for the third act and to me it very much feels like that was a oh the studio didn't like the third act and you had to redo it
1: um and and i could be wrong I, i imagine in the in the original cut of the movie the hyena died and then test audiences so. were like, no, you can't just kill off the hyena <laughs> like that. So they put it in at the end of like. And she has that line of like, oh, he got lost in the rubble or something. I'm yeah. like, he blew up. Like, come on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's fine that he survived. I don't think that's such a big deal to bring him back.
1: No, but no. When, when when Tyler and I are noticing things where it's like, I feel like you guys reshot a lot of this, stuff like that sticks out more. Like, in to, a bubble, well, it's I mean,
2: like. It, I mean, it sticks out, but I don't think it's a problem.
1: Well, to me. Out. To me, basically, it feels like there was
0: supposed to be a time cut there. It feels like there was supposed to be, like, they wake up in the rubble um, 30 minutes later. And then, or, oh, you know, it's I in see. the middle of the night or something like that. And then they're like, what happened? Oh, my gosh. Like, they got knocked out. Because it doesn't make any sense that the hyena just disappears in the same way it doesn't make any sense that the policeman disappears. And and the giant in the truck is just like, all right, my job's done. Which is fine, I guess. But it's just really weird. That that set of things, and then kind of spiraling out of that, the the consequences of that. Um, I think that particular, it's it's just like that stretch of scenes and uh, moments that really didn't, like threw me off, and I think set up the third act to be much lesser than it could have been.
2: Sure. So. That's me. <laughs> Britton, you want to go? Sure. Uh, So my best and worst for two Birds of Prey, thanks for everything Harley Quinn, (laughs) are going to be... Tyler scooped me by mentioning the fight scenes that I think they're really good. Um, Really well choreographed, really well shot. They're fun. I like the music with them. Mm -hmm. Good good flips and great kicks. Um, So I'm going to say my best thing is... I'm going to say some... Or, oh, My best thing about this movie is most of the performances. Um, I mm-hmm. think that Ewan McGregor is tons of fun. Yes. He's really good in this. It's great seeing him get to just chew on it and have a blast. I really, really enjoyed him in this movie. I did get a little bo- annoyed by... He just, he just like randomly dances sometimes and i'm like i get it you've seen every other movie that's ever been made like <laughs> i'm it was it was somewhere in the second season of sherlock that i realized that uh villains who are eccentric and dance for no reason aren't inherently interesting <laughs> um, and it's it's like a trope at this point uh, but other than said, that i thought he was wonderful
0: i do want to highlight one bit, uh, where he it's the part where he's threatening the girl and making her get up on the table yeah. in his cl- nightclub. And he, there's no music, at least as far as I can tell. Maybe I didn't have it turned up enough. Um but I don't believe there's any music. And he just starts like doing this very subtle dance to a melody that is not there.
2: Right. And right, right. it is yeah, terrifying. No, no, that was, <laughs> yeah. 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 He's he does a good job of being it's a good performance. It's it's fun, like because he's aware that I'm Ewan McGregor and this is funny that I'm doing this, but also yeah. it's good acting and it's he is scary. I think Chris Messina is really good as Zaz. I like the voice. Yeah. I like the, the like he he just is like totally spaced out the whole time. I really enjoyed him. I think Rosie Perez is really really good. Uh, I realized when I was when we saw it, I was like I haven't seen Rosie Perez in a minute, and I thought she was I thought she was great in this. Um, Journey Smollett, I think. Comes off the best of the of the the three superhero characters. I think that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is really nerfed, and by the time we realize that oh she's really funny in this movie, the movie's over. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like I think a lot I of really enjoy... stuff's cut. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It must be because like I, I you don't get enough of her, and I think she's really enjoyable in the movie. Um,
0: that bit where uh. I forget what the actual setup is, but there there is one bit where it's cutting through everybody calling her the Crossbow Killer, yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> somebody I think undercuts her as she's about to try and say that she's Huntress, and she just like loses it, and it's it's yeah
2: lovely, and all the stuff at like the taco restaurant at the end, she's very funny in that. So <laughs> my worst thing is going to be half of Margot Robbie's performance. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I, I've been. And I'm going to be like a super actor snob about this, but it's how I feel. Um, I, I I wasn't a big fan of her in Suicide Squad because I felt like it was a very high school kind of performance. But also I gave it a pass because Suicide Squad is a terrible movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> badly written and badly edited and badly cut. And like, what the heck is she supposed to do with that? In this movie, I felt like I re- I, I liked her a lot more when she was playing it straight. Like you mentioned the scene with Doc, or Doc, the old man. Yeah. Even though that's, right. it is tonally weird from the rest of the movie. I think that's some of the best acting from her in the movie. And the reason is, I realized watching it a little, when, this time around that whenever she's trying to be like silly and crazy and like the stereotypical Harley Quinn thing, it feels very much to me like when I've met people and they're like, oh, I... I, I I do a great villanelle, or I do a great the Joker, and then they just do an impression that they've seen. Hmm. It felt very much like Margarabi's crazy acting was just an impression. It didn't feel like she was acting, hmm. and I feel like Margarabi is a very very good actor. I've really enjoyed her in a lot of stuff, but I don't. All of that was kind of grating on me as a as a as a method of comedy. It it all felt a little cutesy and a little like the voices in my head tell tell me to burn things. All that crap but also it it just never really felt internal it didn't feel like much was going on there aside from she's doing an impression of like this kooky gangster mall character so when she was and and some of the comedy does work some of it is fine Mm. um i just i don't know that she's as gifted a comedic actor as she is a dramatic actor at least as evidenced in these two movies neither of which are like perfect opportunities and like i understand why so many people love her as harley quinn and this may have more to do with my own uh uh, sort of idea of harley quinn or something but I, i i really think it's just as as a performance i i had a really hard time buying into the times when she was supposed to be silly and crazy um some of it i think was the writing wasn't very strong but it just i don't know it didn't it didn't really work for me interesting yeah. Otherwise, I mean, again, I whenever I see her in a movie, I tend to really enjoy her. You know, she's great in yeah. Natanya, and she's great in Wolf of Wall Street. But, yeah. And I think she's great in this movie when she's being, like, serious and heartbroken and grieving. <laughs> I think she's mm-hmm. really good in those scenes. But, I don't know. I agree. Interesting. <laughs> well. So, so, Alex, for you, for I, I Birds agree. of Prey and the invasion of the tiny sauruses
1: (laughs) um i i just want to jump on this real quick i i kind of agree with 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 how you feel about uh, harley quinn but not so much in terms of her performance um this kind of goes with my worst thing um and it goes i i think it's just interwoven in the movie's dna with the title and everything this Mm -hmm. movie doesn't know if it wants to be a harley quinn movie or a birds of prey movie And it just tries to do this weird amalgam, and I don't think it works very well. And I think the main problem is Harley Quinn should not be the main character. Mm -hmm. I think Harley Quinn works best as a side character. Um, And it's particularly bothersome to me that she is the main character of this movie given that we just completely sweep a lot of the Joker stuff under the rug. Like, I know we already had complaints with Suicide Squad about them not dealing with the abusive relationship with the Joker, but with this one, it's even worse, where where we're not even dealing with any of that. It's just like, oh, she was a former boyfriend, I'm leaving him. And I, I feel like... If her arc is supposed to be kind of moving on and emancipating, I I feel like we're just missing this huge chunk of of dramatic tension and weight that could make sure make us empathize a lot more with Harley Quinn. Like it's just completely gone, and especially because yeah. the whole movie is just like I, I feel it's about these powerful women trying to to get out of these very tough situations, but we're, we're like ignoring the trauma that our main character has, has theoretically yeah. faced in the past. Um, just yeah. very strange because, because she has that line when she's drunk and she's talking to, um, black Canary and she's like, you know, Harlequins are meant to serve and they only care about us when we serve. I'm like, do more with that. That's really good. Yeah. And then they don't, they turn her into a
2: cartoon. um, and it, it, yeah, it, I, I think I think you're right. I think that obviously I wouldn't want this movie to become like exploitative. And no, I'm not like saying it needs to be. Too, and I'm not saying no, you no, need exactly. the Joker to be in the movie, but just to, no.
1: something that is so fundamentally tied to Harley Quinn's character, and you just completely ignore it. It, it it's it's weird.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of a disservice to what's moving about that. Why so many people like that character in the comics yeah. nowadays right. is like, Oh, she survived an abusive relationship and like reclaimed her life right. in a really powerful way. And so to leave that out of this movie, when you have the perfect opportunity to to do that. Sad. Well,
0: and I think talking about the fact that it doesn't know which one it wants to be, I think that's a big part of it because I noticed while watching this, that it, it feels really strange that Harley Quinn doesn't meet up with any of the other characters until it gets farther and farther through the movie um Mm -hmm. like obviously there's jumping around and stuff and i liked a lot of that flashback stuff early on i think it's kind of fun keeps it um energetic but there's no she doesn't meet with any of them except um well so she meets black canary uh she meets black canary and
1: then montoya chases her a couple of times that's it yeah
0: and so they don't re- like she's, she's only with Cassandra Cain at the end of the movie when all the characters come in and, and crash into the like funhouse area. Right. Um, and so it feels, we don't have really anyone for her to bounce off of. Like Cassandra Cain is not really uh, emotionally on that level that yeah. she can like, they can really have a discussion about anything like that or like, cause that, that conversation with her and Laurel, Laurel Lance, one of the Dina. Lances, Dinah Lance, Dinah Lance. Yeah. Um, is Laurel the one on Arrow? Yes. Okay. Laurel, yeah. Anyway, um, they, that conversation is really, really good. Uh, and, like, I, I, I really like what they do with that. And, I, yeah, I agree. I wish there was more of that, and I think there would be more of that if you had her, kind of like what you were saying, Britain, had her talk with or have more serious interactions with people. Mm-hmm. Um I will be the uh the completely uncritical person and say I I thought she was great in this but I think I'm also probably the least um discerning of any of us when it comes to actors so I'll I'll leave that Oh at I'm
2: and that I'm a super like nitpicky and I that's sure. like a fault of mine and <laughs> like sure. I get really granular about
1: it. I mean my my problem wasn't really with her performance it was more just yeah. like it's very clear that she has more creative control. I think she's got, like, a producer credit on this. Sure. So mm-hmm. it's very clear, like, Harley Quinn is the forefront. She's the star. Yeah. Um When I don't think she necessarily should be. And, yeah. like, if you are going to make a Harley Quinn movie, you can't just get rid of the, the Joker stuff. Like... I, I'm okay with him not being in the movie, but it's just weird that we just get like an animated version of him and I know nobody liked Jared Leto's version, <laughs> all three of us included, but
0: how, how good would it have been if it was uh um Joaquin Phoenix and joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> joker <laughs> if, if that was just like <laughs> they just shifted the universe, so that now this is his universe right um which is even better and then it then the, turns is... out that
2: none of Birds of prey happened that he was hallucinating the whole movie <laughs> isn't it's that like where, it's like uh, at the end of like a it's like at the end of that, uh, the Dawkins video for, uh, Dream Warriors at the end of that Friday, the, or Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yep. Where at the end of Birds of Prey, Joaquin Phoenix wakes up and he's like, oh man, those girls were scary. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of, uh, the,
0: the, what's, isn't it a line from Suicide Squad where it's like he was her, uh, or she was his queen. Or yeah. something like that. or I, I really like that in the context
1: of this Harley Quinn and that Joker. Anyway. Um, my, my, last, my last point that I want to add on is I, I feel like the character most analogous to what I'm thinking of is Jack Sparrow. Particularly in the mm. Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. Because in the first yeah. one, he is kind of the main character. But I feel like we've got it, – it's kind of – you've got your three protagonists. And I feel like they all get yep. fairly even screen time. Um, yeah. but then in, in the sequels, we just keep pushing Jack and Jack more and more to the forefront and just keep stripping him of all of his character and just have, have him say funny, weird things. Um, that's kind yeah. of how it felt in this
2: one. That's a very, that's a, that's a very good analogy.
1: No. Yeah. And they even go so far as to give her a joke where she throws up a white little towel or whatever. And she goes parlay. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. you guys know you're, you're doing this. That's like, It's very true. <laughs> I found that That very annoying. And like it felt like they were trying to make Harley some weird mix between Jack Sparrow and Deadpool. And of course, Deadpool, we'll we'll get into that because that goes into the editing and everything. But um, my my favorite thing is going to be the final act of the movie. Pretty much everything (laughs) that happens at the amusement park because that's when the Birds of Prey actually get together and are a team and all these actresses work really well together. Like when they're... When they're yelling at each other and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do against this just army of gangsters that are about to come in and kill them, I thought all of that was, like, really, really funny. And, Mm -hmm. like, so much funnier than the rest of the movie was. And I didn't hate Hmm. the movie, but I I thought, oh, this is working. This is really working. Oh, wait, why wasn't this the whole movie? (laughs) I think this is a perfect case where we didn't need an origin story for the team it could have just been we have a team of crime fighters established in Gotham there's something that's going on with Black Mask and they run into Harley Quinn like I think that's all you needed to do you know what's interesting I'm
0: trying to think what is when did the flashbacks stop in the movie because I I want I don't think they go beyond the second act I don't even know if they go that far
1: Um, I mean they definitely aren't in the third act I think um, it's once—I want to say it's right around that that, that point that you, that you had where where just a bunch of conveniences happened. Because isn't the last one, like, um, Huntress's backstory? Isn't that the last kind of key piece? I think so. Because I, I also found it weird how Huntress is—this is kind of a Suicide Squad problem. She's introduced and reintroduced multiple times. Um, because mm-hmm. Montoya has that opening where she's like investigating and she's imagining what's going on and Huntress just kind of walks into frame. And I'm like, oh, we're not giving her like a cool intro yeah. or anything, but then she tries to shoot at Harley, I guess, but misses in that alleyway. And I'm like, oh, that's the, the intro for Huntress. Wait, why wasn't that the actual intro? <laughs> and then we stop and Harley's like, wait, wait, I got to give you the background on this lady. Yeah. it, it That felt very weird. Um. Yeah, I would agree.
0: I bring up that point to say how much more interesting if you really want to have this kind of like crazy, uh, hyper, like just over the top narrative. Um. Why? How much more interesting would it be, or more? How much would it help these problems if the flashbacks where she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking in the middle of this. Let me go back." Um. If they actually started when she's in the like theme park area with like or in the fun house with Cassandra Kane. like at the beginning of the movie we start there and well, also, then yeah people can start showing up and she can start being like oh this is this lady okay I gotta I gotta explain her and then like you can have it all be built around that third act which is also I think probably part of the problem with the fact that the third act seems to be kind of separate yeah. from the rest of the movie um
1: well, that's that's how the first Deadpool is structured. It's it's it's, it's flashbacks True. all centered around that highway fight, and they keep mm-hmm. cutting back to a single scene. This one is just all over the place. They're just like, eh, I guess Harley Quinn's crazy, so that can be kind of our motif and why we're boun- yeah. bouncing all over the place. But in terms of me being invested in trying to follow your plot, <laughs> you're losing me a lot. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not a big deal, particularly because this movie's just trying to have fun. So all the, all the stuff that I'm saying isn't the biggest deal for this yep. type of movie. Like it's not if if this were like oh we're taking this seriously, then I w- sure, it would it would be a lot more problematic. But it it, it it has its sense of fun, and like I said, I think the the final act, basically everything in the amusement park with with everyone kind of meeting and then the big fight within the amusement park. I just loved all of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that hair tie moment is so yes. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's such a great great moment.
0: And that fight's a big one that I was kind of referring to in terms of um I like I think I like the concept more than the execution, but I like the concept a lot. Um I mm-hmm. think that maybe when they started doing that, they might have realized it's a little more difficult to have these people like jumping and r- and rolling around on these obstacles because I feel like there's yeah. not a ton of like Energy to it at times. However, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn is running around in rollerblades and she's got her big mallet and she's beating people up, and that's uh, all I yeah. really needed.
1: Well, I also love the, the gag when they're like, "When did she have time to put that on?" Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I like that. that good. Yeah. Um, and I like that they have a very clear goal that they're trying to p- protect Cassandra because there's a there there's like they're not quick cutting it they're just like long takes where it's like oh this guy's about to grab cassandra oh black canary kicked him out of the way oh she's about to grab by somebody else oh harley quinn gets him with the mallet like i i i don't know it was i i thought it was very well done compared to Mm -hmm. the other just like either nonsensical or just boring generic forgettable fight scenes that we've had in most of the dceu This is oh, I, th- I think
2: this these these movies I think easily have the best fights in terms of inventiveness in terms of the way they're shot yes, like, yeah. I think these are know, I mean, like yeah, even Shazam which I really really like is not the fights in that movie aren't particularly special. No. <laughs> yeah. Um this movie
0: I I would argue has the most technically impressive is how I'd describe it I think. Yes. Um just because so many of the other ones either like if with your Aquaman there's a uh, really heavy CGI presence, obviously, in that one. Um, there are good fights, I think, and, and visually interesting ones, but this one really, like, the actual structure of the fights is so much more interesting. It's such a, a breath of fresh air in this uh, semi-universe. Um, just like that, I mean, the entire sequence with her going into the police precinct all the way through to the the end of that. Yeah. It's just this long... Incre- I mean, they break it up a little bit in terms of where it happens in the movie, but I think it's, like, basically three separate fight scenes, and they're all just incredible, mm-hmm. uh, where she's she's whacking uh the cops with her, like, taped uh, shotgun. Like, it's, again, the color. It's got all these weird patterns on it. It's not like, oh, this is the Harley Quinn red and black painting pattern, mm-hmm. it, but it's it does have colorful, like, stickers and stuff on it. Right. Um... And then we talked about the the water fight where she's – which is, again, really creative because it's – she's, like, using their momentum against them to make them just slam onto yeah. this concrete ground and, like, she's swinging around the doors and everything.
1: It, it feels like they're just very well thought out compared to the types of characters that, that they are. Like, mm-hmm. like Harley Quinn's just using a lot of acrobatic skills and she's flipping around and she's she's – like you said using the the, the her her uh enemies uh, momentum against them whereas like black canary is just like more of a brawler so she's just like straight up kicking and punching people right yeah. in the face and huntress is a lot more tactical and she's using all of her, her weapons and stuff like i don't know it felt like there was just like a really solid amount of thought put into each of yeah. the fight scenes
2: yeah definitely and i i even liked um the 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 fight where, she's a, 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 they look like bikers or something, but they play Black Betty and she gets the like. Mm-hmm. They accidentally shoot the uh, the cocaine, yes. which I somehow did not catch that when we saw the movie the first time. <laughs> and then she it, it, she accidentally breathes it in and is like, Zoom! but then and Black Betty starts playing. She starts messing them up. I thought that was all really fun. Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I really liked how they like in the hair time moment they incorporate a lot of like. Dinah just starts kicking a lot, <laughs> which is great because that's like black Canary's whole thing, and she's great at kicking right um yeah, no yeah, you're right like, there's actual thought and it's all practical like it's mm-hmm. I, I I think that we forget sometimes that like just human beings doing good stunts can be really yes fun movie making
1: just just compare the final amusement park fight to to Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman fighting doomsday like. <laughs> Oh for sure for I'd sure. rather not <laughs> I think one of the John Wick stunt guys Helped with a lot I, of this or I, I, the stunt I was thinking that as well I believe
0: you're correct on that um, yep. Which makes and a lot it, of sense It paid off yes. uh, I, the, the, And that's uh, another thing Kind of in common With the John Wick series um, The movie I don't know that the movie Would have had to be R beyond language If it wasn't For the language I guess is what I
1: meant to say um even then I thought the language was relatively tame it did it didn't there's feel, a it didn't feel like quite like logan where it's like, oh we need like an f bomb every other sentence i think especially uh, <laughs> yeah. Roman sionis uh, yeah
0: is is over the top and and is hilarious uh, in a lot of those rants um but the uh the i mean early on in the movie she jumps off of the like table and smashes the driver's legs. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. And then she does that the, the bit with where she has the bat uh in that scene where she she ends up snorting cocaine out of the air. Um she she hits one guy's leg as cuz he gets uh he like tries to kick her and gets his leg stuck in a car door or in a car window and she breaks one guy or breaks one leg the wrong way and then she breaks the
1: other leg the wrong way
0: while right. he's like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wonderful.
1: It is um, it is strange given Kathy Ann's tweet of like there there was apparently a lot of studio meddling, mm-hmm. or at least we can kind of infer that. But they didn't change the R rating. That feels like, yeah. I, I think the movie could easily be edited so most of that stuff's out, and it would hit a PG thirteen. And I'm just surprised that they
2: didn't do that. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe it's because Joker oh, made a billion dollars. True. <laughs> sure. Alex, you mentioned the the Logan comparison, I was thinking about that watching this movie and how I was impressed and also happy that the movie got the go ahead to be an R rated movie, but they didn't then take that over the top. Right? Like yeah. it's very mature in how it handles being. And, and I like Logan a lot, but um, I know a lot of people are like the movie's great because you get to hear Charles do the f word, <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, but also um, it also like- means you get to have. It also means you get to have longer scenes where people discuss ideas because you're yes. not worried about, mar- about, like, merchandise. But with this movie, there is language, but the language never felt over the top. The, like, for as over the top as this movie is, it never felt like... And I think the Deadpool movies drift a little too easily into the, like, sophomoric R, mm-hmm. which, granted, that works for Deadpool. Sure. But I was I was happy that this movie wasn't like, okay, quick, find a bunch of, like, really dirty jokes that we can't make in a pg-13 movie just so we yeah. have them in them. like she i mean there there are dirty jokes and there are like i don't know but at, at no point did it feel i don't know sophomoric is the best word i can think yeah. of so that was that was a, a really...
1: agreed
0: there's a there's a bit where harley quinn she has a bet she's walking up to a guy and a guy's walking up to her she throws the bat hits the
2: ground, it hits him in the face, and then it flips off that and then was she grabs awesome. it. It's so good. <laughs> so it's good. Fantastic. Yeah, that 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 was like her finishing move. <laughs> um we're talk talking about the, the style, I was thinking about this uh yesterday. The MCU um by and large it's much worse they do than the DCU. It's such a terrible thing. I'm so sick of all these superhero movies. <laughs> they just give you the same plot every time, packed up in a neat little box. And it's the same, and we're all just trained monkeys and enjoy them. That's nonsense. I don't think that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was impersonating you know, a very unpleasant conversation. You, know, you know what this <laughs> movie
1: was missing? Giant blue laser in the sky for the third act. I night. agree. That's, Thank you. Mm, giant CGI. You know why didn't they CGI the black mask? Why yeah. didn't they do that? Why didn't he fall just... into Ace Chemicals and turn into
0: giant black Mask's Doomsday? Where is my, <laughs> where is my my
1: Roman Doomsday? That's 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 the Yan cut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was waiting for there to be an army of things, for there to be an army of things that had to either keep out of a portal or get into a portal. Right. <laughs> um, but no, the, the, I was thinking about this, and by and large, the MCU is doing pretty base level interpretations of the characters and i don't mean that as a, as an insult mm-hmm. but like because for most of those characters it's the first time they've had a movie of this size so they're like we're just going to do thor he looks like thor and he's yeah. thor we're going to do doctor strange this is doctor if and that's why those movies are so beloved is because people who grew up reading these books are like oh great i got to see captain america and he's acting like captain america mm-hmm. and even a character like spider-man they made him younger but they didn't they don't have this like crazy new take on the character. But the DCEU because they got started by and there's been 40, you know, freaking Batman's in the world. They were like, "Okay, we got to do a different version of Batman, we got to do a different version of Superman." But what that means is because they made and without actually commenting on the decisions that they made with those characters, now the whole rest of the universe has to fit into that aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. And so now you have all of these weird, like, well, now we got to make Aquaman this other version of himself. Wonder Woman, I guess, is still fairly Wonder Woman. Yeah. But, like, That's Harley why... Quinn looks very different. Black Canary looks different, like, which is fine. But it's something I realized at the DCEU because for some of these characters have been made live action before. Mainly the two heroes that they're not going to do anymore because <laughs> they did them so bad. But those heroes are so overdone, and we've seen them so many times. It's like, I don't know. I, just, I just thought it was really interesting that, that, that the, the, all of the, like, this, this is supposed to be the quintessential DC cinematic universe. None of them feel very quintessential. Oh, right? yeah. All these and characters feel like alternate, take, which is kind of fun, but.
1: I think I've had that complaint back since we did our Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad. Yeah. videos where I'm you like, have, yeah. why Why does Joker have to be a, a take on the Joker? Yeah. Why can't we just do yeah. straight up, like like somebody trying to do a Mark Hamill-esque Joker? Why can't we just do that? Right. Why does it have to be yeah. a gangster-style Joker with damage stamped on his forehead? Why does <laughs> Batman have to be particularly the Dark Knight Returns-esque version of Batman? Why? Why does it have yeah. to be yeah. a take? Why can't we just do like... Everyone thinks the animated series is the is probably one of the most quintessential Batman things. Go with that as your sure. inspiration. I don't know. It, 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 I I do agree. And in the defense of Snyder, this was not originally supposed to be a, a, a expanded mm-hmm. universe. He just made a Superman sure. movie, and it was his take right. on a Superman movie. And then afterwards, they told him, "Okay, make more."
0: Yeah. So it, yeah, that is a fascinating thing. Where like. Because you'll you'll get people who defend all these movies by saying, "Well, you know, you, it, it's okay to get interesting takes on the character." I'm like, "Yeah, I, I would agree," but um, like that's fine if you want to make your 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 Joker. But then you're st- this is supposed to be like you said, Britain's supposed to be like the cinematic universe, and you're not getting the right. takes that are the takes people care about. This
1: is the thing that is- everything else is supposed to be built upon.
0: Yeah, which is fascinating because, like, the Dark Knight was a take that was different. That yeah, was yeah. that was not comic book Batman. I mean, it's, I think it's closer than a lot of people believe or a lot of mm-hmm. people like remember. Um, in terms of Absolutely. you know your two faces and everything, and
1: but you're never getting Killer no, and Cap- Croc to show up Cap- in a, woman, a Christopher sure. Nolan exactly. Batman movie, yeah.
0: Um, and so like there's there's so much more you can do than if you completely just you know do the MCU. If you if you just say and you don't have to do it like the MCU, but if you say we're not restricting things to a realistic level, we're not restricting um, the way the world feels to a quote-unquote rest- re- um, realistic level, uh, like, you you don't have to... I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. Um, and especially because, like, talking about the MCU or the um, cinematic universe being the thing everything spins from, the MCU just did a movie that's literally an alternate universe comic book take. Right. In Endgame is a dystopian future comic book world where you've got Smart Hulk and Fat Thor and uh, <laughs> Tony Stark now has a kid. Like, it is, it is one where you say, yeah. oh, let's take these characters and make them different and make them so that you can get something else that's interesting out of them. I don't know. It's really weird to me that people spring to that defense not to i think i think we've more or less cooled on any sort of uh angst we have towards people who defend batman versus superman online y'all like what you like (laughs) but yeah it it, i have seen people defend
1: these movies in that sense of like oh you know it's just a take and it's
0: i don't know i don't think
1: that really the weird thing that i find with that is that they're I've heard the argument of like, well, well, the DC movies are director driven. They they have a very clear vision as opposed to the, the Marvel movies, which are assembly line productions. You can't make that argument with all of the studio interference that goes into these yes. things. Like all of these movies yeah. are super compromised in very yeah. Yeah. obvious, noticeable ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think and that argument And I do moot. I, I do, um, and I think I've said this before I do feel like the Marvel movies they get when when they do get like an auteur director like I mean Kugler clearly got to do what he wanted to do but oftentimes the directors they just kind of get people who here just do the thing do the Marvel thing which is fine and it works out because that doesn't seem like studio intervention so much as studio guidance yeah and these movies do feel like hey come on and make this movie no, don't do it like that. We're going to make you do We're going to change <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it's 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 frustrating.
0: Well, that's the, again, talking about it, when you start with the core, you can build out from that. And, like, the MCU yeah. has a lot of just real mediocre just slap them together, put them out there, get, you yeah. know, make sure the movie is out there so people can watch it and say, I know that character. And that's most of Phase 1 and 2. I mean, there's there's some good stuff in there in terms of, more creative movies, but it's really not like. I mean, it is. It it is almost assembly line. Um, yeah. But then that not a series them, of masterpieces. Yeah. Then that allowed them to do to to bring on Ryan Coogler, bring on Taika Waititi. Um, they let James Gunn be a little more James Gunn with Guardians Two. Yeah. Um, obviously they're. I think that's. Am I missing anybody major in terms of kind of auteur um... directors? I know they've got more coming out. Like, uh, who's directing the Eternals? Oh Chloe Zhao, mm-hmm. and there's... and
2: uh, and uh, the guy doing um... oh Destin Daniel Cretton for Shang Chi.
0: Yeah, and they've got they picked up Sam Raimi for the Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah. Um
2: I think <laughs> oh, I'm missing. Yeah.
0: I feel like I'm missing somebody else from uh, yeah the more recent Marvel. I'll, movies. I'll look it up. Uh, you mean Joe Johnston? Yeah, Joe Johnston. The more recent Marvel movie director, Joe Johnston.
2: Um, <laughs> I meant the auteur Joe Johnston. But like
0: taika watiti is doing a take on thor um like he, he that's not the same thor we had in the previous movies and it was like oh hey why don't why don't you come on and reinvent this guy and they can do that because they've established the baseline for the character in the audience's mind so that when they see this they can now see that as like a new thing it's interesting it's fresh i don't know like if the mcu wanted to just start saying okay now we're gonna make you know a completely different movie set in a different universe about one of these characters, but it's like a a totally new thing it's a it's a grim dark m c u universe They could do that, and people would get that people would be able to yeah you know differentiate between the two and compare them and find that interesting whereas this is you're you're setting your baseline at something that's just completely not why people care about these characters. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I looked up a list of Marvel directors, and I think your name... I mean, I, John Favreau's not like an auteur, but no, he's like no. a, a name director. Um, yeah, well, and, and obviously, I think we've probably touched on this before, the MCU happened over time. They made mm-hmm. an Iron Man movie and went, let's float this idea, and then it built, and it grew, and the DCEU went, quick, I'll, just fast-track us to the Avengers. Just get us there, start, Stop. just do it and it doesn't that's not how i mean you you can't force anything to happen in art like you just sort of make it and mm-hmm. then a thing happens after it <laughs> you know um but uh yeah they they clearly tried to push their luck and it didn't work out as well um which is why i think like one of the things i like about this movie is that for all the problems it has with being a breakup movie between Harley and Joker. It's a really good breakup movie from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. The way that they they re- they retain some things from Suicide Squad and do them better. Like the soundtrack, the the names popping mm-hmm. up, the overall aesthetic looks a lot better. Um and then it, it it is actively dismissive of that movie, but what it retains, it manages to improve on. <laughs> I was surprised that they actually had flashbacks from Suicide Squad.
1: They show yeah. th- her falling into the the, the acid at a- at uh, Ace yeah. Chemicals. That's from Suicide Squad, right? They show the back of Jared yep. Leto's head. <laughs> <laughs> also, this
0: movie has the 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 stones the the wherewithal to actually go through with putting uh, your slowed down pop song over a dreary sequence uh, in the movie, yeah. and not just in the trailer. You get. Um, <laughs> That's hit me you with your best shot and it's this this slowed yeah. down like very similar to the come together they played over the justice league trailer yeah. um mm-hmm. but it's in and the movie I started and joke I was for like suicide squad yeah and I was like I respect that I'm here for it yep. I thought they um,
1: played quite a a few pop songs and there were a couple times where where it was like mid scene they switched from one song to another but I yeah. for some reason I found it less
2: grating than than with like suicide squad yeah I think Part of it, it is that feel, it didn't feel as like invasive. It felt like mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is the music accompanying the scene.
1: And also, it, it's probably just less obvious song choices that probably helps quite a bit too. Yes, yeah.
0: Uh, it's it's less obvious, and I think that it they play music for most of the movie. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like um, maybe that's just the impression after seeing it. And if I watch it again, I'd realize that's not correct. But I, does this movie have a score? Surely it does. I think it does. I don't know. Imagine. I don't know who did it. I need to check that. Um, but the, uh, it feels like there's constantly music there. And so you get used to it and they let you hear the entire song and they sync up the songs to what's happening in the movie in a way that's not completely just like boring, like in suicide squad. There's a really interesting video from, uh, it's, it's YouTube video from a guy named sideways, I believe. Um, who Alex introduced me to for a movie uh, we might be doing next week. Um, and uh, he has a video talking about how guardians and suicide squad using pop music can be very dangerous to do as like trying to make your movie something that the, the person can experience because if you have an association with a song that's in a movie, something completely like unrelated that can change how you, like what you think of when you see that movie, it can change if you mm. can take it seriously and, and all that stuff. And I think guardians generally still works because it's such a specific selection of songs. And it's like, you might recognize some, um, but by and large, yeah. it's from a very particular era and manages to very much hand pick them. Whereas this, I think is maybe a little closer to the suicide squad level, I think sometimes it's, sure. it it plays like very, kind of obvious or more popular songs. Um but it it is definitely much easier to get through than Suicide Squad in terms of the soundtrack and not just being like why are you playing this song? The uh, like uh what's the what's the one they play when they go to the prison in New Orleans? House, oh, of, the House of the Rising Sun. Yes. Um, I I still remember watching Suicide Squad in theaters and just being like, why? What? What do you? Yeah.
1: What do you think you're doing here? When when yeah. uh yeah I, when Amanda Waller shows up for that <laughs> that dinner with the government guys and it started playing sympathy for the devil, I went, oh, we're in trouble. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, Flight has a similar situation, mm-hmm. um, which is a, I like a movie I like. Um, yeah, but like in this one, you don't hear Barracuda and think. Oh, this is like an amusement park fight scene song. <laughs> <laughs> and and you don't watch that scene and go, "Oh, you should play Barracuda over yeah. this." But it works. Yeah. Uh kind of like immigrant song in Thor Ragnarok. Like that's yes. such a good sting. Yes. Right. And that also works because they use it two or th- two t- twice or thrice. Is it just twice? I think they just use it twice in Ragnarok. Yeah, Just twice. Okay. But that becomes like so maybe guys, it's not like a theme because they only use it twice. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it it's, it it doesn't feel anymore like uh, just use this song now. It's it's a it's a it's a thing. Yeah. Um, talking about
0: setting up and paying off, I do want to mention the scene in the middle of the movie where Harley Quinn gets slapped by Roman Sionis, and then she goes into this like fever dream. I have that's like that a crazy in my notes. dance, and I like yes. that scene a lot. I think that's insane and weird, and I want
2: more of it. But it's they only awesome. do it once,
1: mm-hmm. and. I, I, very... I think I
2: can explain why that's in the movie.
1: Uh, because reshoots, and there's originally supposed to be a lot more of that, and they said I would cut think that so. out. <laughs> that's my hope.
2: Possibly, but also because I, I realized watching it this time, oh, this is a reference to Moulin Rouge. Because uh... in in Moulin Rouge, starring Ewan McGregor, uh, Nicole Kidman does a Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend song. Or performance, and there's a lot of crazy edits and cuts and spinning around and everything. Wow. I completely did not make. So it's it's it is an homage to I think one of probably one of my favorite e. McGregor movies. That makes sense.
0: I still I still think yeah. it would have worked if they'd done more like other songs
1: that is a no, I I, agree. Like, I would that. have loved if that, that had been a that is such like a sideways excuse for having that in this movie though. That's
2: <laughs> well, okay. I, I'm not I'm not saying. That's a justification. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have phrased it that way. I'm not saying. Maybe that's not the reason why they do have that at all. I mean, it could if be. That if that were the reason, I would not be surprised. Right. But I guess I'm saying if, if if there were more than one of those. Yeah. It would explain why they chose that song.
3: Yeah.
2: And to do it that way. Because I, it is, it was like, oh, this is so clearly a Mulan Rush. I thing.
0: think you're 100% right that that's how that. Part of at least how that made it into the movie. I don't know. Yeah. Beyond that, if there was more. I, I hope there was more, and I would have liked to see more. Yeah, I think it would have Release the Yan cut! <laughs> release the Yan cut. See, if
2: if um, if there are more musical sequences in this movie, then yes, we need the Yan release cut. Release the Yan cut! Today. Just do it! Yeah.
0: <laughs> Seriously.
2: I'm I would, far more interested in One day we will get the, a superhero musical.
0: What is probably mildly improved uh, full Yan vision than I am the full Ayer vision, because I just... Yeah.
1: I wonder what would happen... I if, somehow
2: feel like... That version is going to be a lot meaner. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot and more then, mean-spirited, uh, uh, yeah. And Michael Pena is going to be dead at the end. And you're like, but why, <laughs> David? Why? I,
1: I do wonder if it would be more effective to move that and put it at the beginning of the movie, almost like just pre- before mm. the Warner Brothers logo or whatever, just like as a weird start. Yep almost sure. like how in, at the beginning of Shaun of the Dead don't they just like have a bunch of very mundane dialogue that spoils the rest of the movie <laughs> like it's very subtle in terms of like we're going here this I will happen. I have not this seen long. it I have to say I think that happens in it's that and I'm time. wondering if they cuz there's a lot of like interpretation of what's going on in the plot like there's mm-hmm. obviously I'm yep. talking about a diamond diamond's the MacGuffin, and then black black mass shows up and it's it's all bright and cheerful and then he starts shooting up everything and it gets very violent like i wonder the placement of it just is very weird yeah and and, yeah yeah i I agree yeah um speaking of which how did y'all feel about the diamond and and do you do you know the alleged story of what it was supposed to be originally
2: Mm. i think you might have told me but i can't remember yeah same Oh, it was was like a picture, right? It was
1: like nude pics of Black Mask, apparently, but Kathy Yan has has denied that. Hmm. Fascinating. I think that's dumb, but at the same time, it's much—the stakes are much more personal for Black Mask. It also
2: fits the tone. Yeah. You know, it's just like this really silly thing. Yeah.
1: I don't know. That's Interesting. I like when I when I first heard that that was potentially what was going to happen because like apparently test audiences thought that was just the worst so that's why <laughs> they changed it. Apparently now once again Kathy Ann has denied that um, so who knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I almost feel like that would have been better because just like a rich guy whose whole thing is like I need to get more money is just like it's not very compelling.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with a boring MacGuffin if I enjoy the other stuff around right. it, but at the same time, a goofy MacGuffin like that I, is more enjoyable. Right. Well, especially because, like, fe- feeding into Black Mask's and Neil McGregor's performance
1: and kind of his relationship with Zaz, yeah. I feel like that, I don't know, that, that just reflects his character a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, the the relationship with Zaz is interesting because there's a very clear homoerotic element to their relationship and to both of those characters. And that's totally fine with me. It did did make me realize, like, I feel like a lot of villains in movies are coded as being just not straight. And that's fine. But then I realized... I would really love if a character. I, I would like. To, well, I would like to see more, you know, gay characters in movies in general, but particularly as heroes. We do have because one it's kind in this of... movie. Montoya is a but, lesbian. Oh yeah, Renee right? Montoya. Right, right. I guess what I mean is like w- we see so often like men who are acting like in this stereotypical way, and they're often villains. And it's like I don't. I, I do not think the movies often intend this, but it's like well gay men aren't always villains, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, it's okay. Like, you don't have to... That doesn't have to be the way you show that someone's evil is they're sort of, like, Fay and, yeah. you know... I oh, don't know, it's interesting
0: that you say that because, uh, I mean, definitely, like, I think queer coding is generally what they, they call it, where it's, like, you've got these yeah. um, villains that... I, I mean, it, ha- it happens a lot with, like, movies from the 80s and 90s. Um, yes. Well, I mean, we I talked think... about
1: it going as far back as the '70s with "Diamonds Are Forever." Mr. Yeah. Winton, and Mr. Kid, yeah. Um, I mean, Britain, yeah. you weren't you weren't on for that, but there's there's a couple of of assassins in that movie that are hunting Bond down for most of the movie, and they're they're very clearly coded as gay. Yeah. But, um, but what's interesting is that
0: uh, I feel like, I, or I believe I've seen people discussing this before that have said, um, "Ewan McGregor really feels like." a character who's doing that. But if you took the part out where he's playing up the gay elements, like he's, he's not trying to be a stereotype basically. Um, Mm. because I feel like in his, I mean, obviously there's like dialogue and interactions between him and Zaz. Yeah. Um, to imply that, but his actual like performance does not have a lot to it. That is like, Oh, we're really trying to make him be this, this stereotypical, um, gay villain. And so I thought that was interesting. Um,
2: I definitely, That's true. And I also don't want to give in to social programming and be like, hmm, a man is acting a certain way. That probably means he's gay. Right. As somebody who has spent the 31 years he's been alive on this earth being mistaken for gay <laughs> because of the way I behave, I don't want to continue to give in to stereotypes. It's not offensive. It's just I don't want to be right. – I, I don't want to fall into that trap.
1: Yeah, I liked his performance. Uh, the The scene where, where him yeah, and Zaz are executing the, that mob family mm-hmm. was sure horrifying yeah. and
0: funny at the same time. It's a, a great introduction for him.
2: Yeah, and Ewan McGregor is somebody who very often gets cast to be Ewan McGregor. Like he does, he doesn't get to stretch very often, yeah. at least nowadays. And so, which is why I liked The Impossible so much mm-hmm. for him, at, at least in terms of his performance, because he's, it's like watching Hanks and Captain Phillips, like, it's a totally different side of him. Right. And so watching him in this, getting to really, like, ham it up and play it up, I found, like, oh, good, like, people are willing to, like, give you and McGregor, like, room to play yeah. and, and do stuff. Cause he's a really fun actor when he gets to, to play. I think he's the best villain that we've had in, in
1: the DCEU. Oh, easily like, and now I'm just that, thinking Michael Shannon is just missing some weird dancing in Man of Steel. That's that's the missing <laughs> element.
0: You said that, and I my my brain immediately like went to look for okay, like who who would I compare him to, and I could not think of anybody. Yeah, I didn't my no right. one came to I'm mind like,
2: in terms. Of I liked Patrick
1: movies. Wilson okay in Aquaman, but I'm not sure. I'm not giving him an Oscar. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I liked the trench monsters in that more anyway. Yeah, <laughs> good point. I um I do like the mental image of Superman having Zod in the headlock, and Zod just starts doing the hand jive. <laughs> <laughs> One final dance. Fun
0: fact, um, and this actually might explain a lot about uh the t- t- words, the soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. he the words composer uh, is Daniel Pemberton. And he also worked on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, among other things. Oh, so like that—that that clicks for me. Speak. There were there were several um, musicians involved on Spider-Man, but still, that makes sense. Yeah,
2: Sp- Spider-Verse is another movie that uses its soundtrack expertly. Yep. Like that is a fantastic au- audio experience. Yes, yeah. Also, Steve Jobs. You know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I love that. I love when they play Spirit in the Sky during uh, Steve Jobs.
1: (laughs) I did want to talk about a couple of the characters, um, just because I I have some issues with with how they're handled. Number one being Montoya. Um, Yeah. It it does the, the thing that I complained about with the first Deadpool, where they keep poking fun and and making fun of her character and then they don't have her grow i really despise the whole oh she sounds like she's from a cheesy 80s cop show and then she never develops or changes Mm -hmm. or gets you know quote-unquote cooler or what have you um i just thought that was very strange And I guess that goes more to, I mean, they do the same thing with Huntress where she's pretty much just like, oh, she's like an an introvert and they make fun of her when when she's not fighting. But then when she's fighting, she's she's really smart and and capable. Um, It just felt like so many of the, I guess everybody really but Black Canary gets shortchanged in terms of the actual members of the Birds of Prey.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think like those characters just have to survive on the merit of the performers which they do because yeah. Winstead and Perez are both great but there's not as much on there's more on the page for Montoya but certainly not for uh, Hunter. Right. Um
1: the only other one I, I wanted to discuss was Cassandra Kane, just because she is mm-hmm. the, the, the big character in this that is just not like her comic book counterpart in any way whatsoever. <laughs> It's, yeah. very, very oh, it's very, very similar. Mu- it's very
2: much the uh, it's the Walking Dead rules where they're like, we're going to have this character, and we're going to name them after a character from the comics. Yes. It's not actually going to be... Oh, which is like what you would do in
1: the 90s. Like, we're past yeah. that with George. these movies. Well, it is, it is very, very
0: similar to uh, the Ned, um, who I cannot remember his name, mm. but I believe Ned in the Spider-Man movies in the MCU is very, very similar to a, a friend that Miles Morales has. I think I you're say. right. I think you right. um, oh, Interesting. But they call him Ned Leeds, uh, who is an old 60s Spider-Man character who is, like, a guy who works at the, um... Uh, the, Daily Bugle? What's the J. Jonah Jameson? Daily Bugle. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing my mind. Um, but, yeah, it's very similar to that, where it's just, like, eh, it's just a new, new character. I don't know. Um the yeah so basically cassandra kane in the comics is is she blind or deaf deaf she's deaf deaf and she is batgirl
1: no is and... she deaf or is she mute no she's mute because she was never taught how oh to you're speak. right you're right yes um basically she's... her dad's like this uber assassin that raised her to be like a killer since she was born basically yeah. um and she can't so like he
2: kills uber drivers what was that he kills Uber drivers? Yeah. Yes. Oh, gee. <laughs> this character Luster. created in, like, Better the 90s out.
1: kills Uber drivers?
2: <laughs> yeah, they predicted it.
0: <laughs> not only did they predict Uber, they predicted a serial killer who would prey on their employees. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's just, like, it's a completely different character, which is odd. Um, I'm not, like... She speaks Particularly... through fighting,
1: right? Isn't that kind of the gimmick yeah. of her character? Yeah. Which which is, I don't know, it, it could be kind of stupid if it's not executed properly. But yeah. I think the fact that they just, like, slap Cassandra Kane's name on this character and then, like, don't... And, and they kind of pull a Deadpool in X-Men Origins where the first scene Montoya walks into the police precinct and Cassandra Kane's yeah. just sitting there and she... She, like, starts coughing like she can't speak properly. And Montoya goes, oh, is there anything wrong with you? And then she says something witty, like a witty retort. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you guys read a comic and then you just threw it in the trash, didn't you? <laughs> Thanks. I'm not, like, particularly upset.
0: I mean, I think that if I was, like, a really huge fan of the character, I'd be upset just because it would have been like, oh, I'm hyped to see them. And then it's, oh, it's not really the character. Um, and I like the um, the actress I, I think it's a. She she has a fun chemistry with, yeah. uh, Margot Robbie. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a fine character. It's just weird to me that they put the name on it. Um, I think it's,
1: it's it, it, it goes I into my larger issue with with how these movies are handled because they just ignore Batgirl entirely. I feel like Batgirl isn't she a part of the Birds of Prey or at least Oracle is. Feels weird that she's not uh, like in this at all.
2: Yeah, I think Oracle at one point was a bird of prey. Yeah. And Cassandra Kane does ultimately
1: become Batgirl after Barbara Gordon. Like, that's right. the main mm-hmm. thing I know Cassandra Kane from is the, uh, there's a novelization of the No Man's Land event from the comics right. that, that I think is actually, like, really, really good. And it's actually one of my favorite novels. And she's, like, a huge part of that. And so that's that's kind of the, the one thing I I know of her. So yeah, it's I just, believe she was introduced in that event. I think in so. In the comics but it's just very strange that that's like my one point of reference and then this movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's very weird. Um yeah, just just have it be an original character if you can't come up with something or it, it it's weird because there were a couple of points where I thought they were going to start throwing in more more comic booky elements for her. Like the scene where Harley comes into the the prison and it's raining and she opens up the cell and she's like getting cornered by all those guys. I thought Cassandra Kane was going to walk out and have her own little fight scene where she took all of them out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then mm-hmm. she doesn't. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I do want to say as a disclaimer, people say the, oh, just create your own character a lot of the time when um, they're referring to things like, you know, Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. And it's like, oh, well, the you know, it's more complicated than that because you're trying to uh, talk about like the brand of the character
1: and yeah, and I mean, uh, you, you are, you are right with the the Ned example. Like, I, I am uh, exaggerating a little bit. Cause but I, I, do, I do like this character in this movie. I just, like, I, I don't like that you just, like... <laughs> we're, like, now we, we'll never get a Cassandra Cain-like character in this set of movies, at least. Yeah.
0: My My point is that I think people use that line a lot in order to, like, disparage attempts to bring... Uh, minority characters in comics into the limelight. In this sure. case, I, that's not that's not what we're we're coming from. It's just like right. it's kind of weird that it's an original character and you've given them another character's name. Not a huge deal, but just kind of strange.
2: Uh, the actress who plays her, Ella J. Bosco, apparently her godfather is Dante Bosco, voice of Zuko on Avatar. Ah. Pretty,
1: which is pretty cool. Um, I I just have a a few notes left. I did have a trusty list of misgivings (laughs) on this one, but we went through most of the points. Um, I think this movie, I think it does a decent job, uh, as we've established, of kind of separating itself from the other DC movies. But the whole time I was going, where is Batman during all of this? Ace Chemicals just blows up and no (laughs) Batman. That's cuz you haven't yeah, seen he's in
2: uh, uh he's in Africa killing a bunch of soldiers. Oh, he he
0: went after Superman did?
2: Oh, was that Superman who did that? <laughs> <laughs> it was, but I
0: really like the idea of Batman also being like
2: I'm a I thought he was I thought he was over there cuz mm-hmm. he had like like sand armor or something.
0: <laughs> that's in that's in the Flash Forward to the Apocalypse uh dystopian future where Darkseid oh. has uh, sent his armies and Batman is now
1: even more grimdark. Gotcha. Oh boy. That's Snyder cut guys. It's which in fairness,
0: Oh <laughs> boy, completely out of context. A very cool scene. It just, we've go listen to our episode. It's fine. We've talked about this before anyway. Um,
1: misgivings continue. Uh, I, I despise the end costumes that our birds of prey get. <laughs> um, because you talked about how it's like, oh, it's a, it's a little less shy about being a, a more comic booky than like Suicide Squad or something like that. I'm like, it is in certain ways, but then you get to the like Huntress's costume is just the worst, and I know well, they're they're trying to avoid like if you go and and look at any artwork of Huntress in her costume, like it's very, it's it's way over sexualized. Sure, like sure, it's it's. It's one of those ridiculous 90s comic book character kind of designs. Um, So I'm okay if if, if you kind of tone that down, but they just, like, give her a jumpsuit with, like, a a Huntress-esque paint job on it, and I don't know why her character would be wearing a mask when the other two aren't. It's very strange.
0: I would make the argument it would be okay because Renee Montoya is not wearing one of those costumes. This bothered me. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Huntress and um Black Canary are Renee Rene Montoya is just kind of in in plain
1: clothes and it bothers me. It, well, y- Canary's you got to costume commit. doesn't need, it, it, that's not like a comic book it it like I don't remember her costume looking like that in the comics at all. No, I I aren't
0: they not this are they not matching? Oh,
1: is that is that the idea they're trying to get matched That's why I, since... I thought that's what it was. Okay. I thought
0: I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I noticed. Who all is on? Is it just the three of them on the team? Is it's just the order? three of them.
1: Is it's the just three of them, yeah. It's weird.
0: I believe it's the three of them, but Rene Montoya is not wearing a costume. And I'm like, no, you you got to have the squad. <laughs> and then if it looks dumb, you can you can really play into that, and that, that's fine.
1: But They should all just be wearing the X-Men leather suits. That's sure. what we're trying to they say. They should all be wearing the suits <laughs>
0: from the end of one of the X-Men movies that they revealed but never used. Apocalypse! <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did it before, though. <laughs>
1: Um, the last thing I just wanted to point out was that the screenwriter for this movie is the same screenwriter of Bumblebee. So that I think that explains a lot of my misgivings with the movie and why you guys enjoyed it more than me. I did also want to mention <laughs> her other writing credits because she's got two others. I do know where this is going. Continue. I um, so her name is Christina Hodson. Uh, her first uh, screenwriting credit, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is the 9% rated shut-in maybe i don't starring know starring Na- Naomi oh, Watts okay. apparently it's it's like a, a, s- one of those really low budget horror films i think I think uh who's the the kid from room something Tremblay jacob Tremblay oh jacob yeah. trimblay yes um also of the hit the predator <laughs> sure <laughs> um and uh the, the red letter media guys that i think that's where their their whole bit about let's make a movie called boy in the wall comes from so that's the thing, um, and her other writing credit is the twenty eight percent. So we're we're getting we're getting higher. Like she's she's increasing in quality. Uh, Unforgettable, which I believe is like a schlock romance oh, wow.
2: thriller type deal. Sure, sure. Flophouse uh, did an
1: episode, yeah. yeah. And then she did Bumblebee and Birds of Prey. Um, it's moving up, right proud of
2: well i guess that explains my biggest problem with this movie which is that at no point did a robot throw a chain <laughs> wrap it around Ooh. the other robot pull on the chain and then the second robot explodes. i was gonna say that point.
1: that tells me that that idea came from the director of bumblebee it didn't come from her <laughs> who is
0: the ant-man and the Wasp screenwriter because there's another that, that there's is another like one. six
1: of them okay
2: it was a, a roman coppola <laughs>
0: I just know there. I thought that that's where that was going because I know that there's some screenwriter that we've talked about where there's been multiple movies that you, Alex, have just completely just not connected with. Where I think I think both of us have been like, oh yeah, that was
1: good. I believe it's it's it, the Ant Man and the Wasp writer. Wasp writers also did Far From Home. I think that was yes, that is what it was. Okay. Um I don't know. My first read on after looking at her credits is, is kind of like an Akiva Goldsman situation where it's just like, stop doing genre fiction. Just just do don't, – don't do sci-fi not or, or fantasy. Just do something else. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Be, I mean obviously Bumblebee connected with you guys a lot and then this movie connected – and I didn't hate this movie. I probably overall like it more than Bumblebee. I think what you're telling me is – she is
0: and, and maybe this was improv, so um, I, I don't know who to assign credit to. But she potentially could have been the creator of the line There's a door in my way, as spoken by John Cena. <laughs> so top that's five true. screenwriters for sure.
1: Um That's one
2: interpretation. <laughs> uh Chris McKenna writers <laughs> of um, Chris McKenna, one of the writers of Ant Man of the Wasp. Wrote Remedial Chaos Theory, the um, a multiple uh, timeline episode uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of Community. Good stuff. Much revered. I think
0: he's been around for a lot of uh, MCU, yeah, he's on a lot MCU comics stuff. I want to say maybe as well. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Busy guy. The, the, Marvel just has this like random stable of, of dudes. They just pull out for for various projects and TV shows <laughs> and movies that they're just like, Hey, you you've done some comics, do a movie, and then they're like, Hey, you've done some movies, do a comic. Yeah. I don't know. They just kind of toss them around
1: um yeah i'm given. i'm given whatever uh funny name britain can can come up with for this movie
2: uh i'm giving it a c are you talking about uh birds of prey cultural learnings of gotham make benefit glorious nation <laughs> of dc extended universe <laughs> i thought you were gonna say Stan.
1: Um, yeah, I'm giving it a C, which I believe is the same that I've given both Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Um, that That's why I said the best that the DC movies have been able to bring themselves to is Mediocrity. Can you remind me my Wonder Woman <laughs> and Aquaman scores? Sure. Let me let me track them down real quick. Um, I do think Shazam is the best of all the DCEU movies thus far. Although, the filmmaking behind this one I think is the best overall. Yeah. In terms yeah, of, I, I like agree. the look, I, I like a lot of the casting, I like a lot of the acting, and I love the fight scenes. It's just, no. fix yeah. the stories and the editing, please. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, in Warner I, I Brothers' imagine... case, maybe
0: stop trying to fix the editing and just let it be a movie. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so one, Especially one, if they,
2: one, if they uh... like, invaded Kathy. What was that? I think especially if, like, they were taking some control away from Kathy Ann. Right, like, right that's frustrating
1: um i gave wonder woman a c and you gave it a b plus and then... you being
0: me what you being me
1: did i did i get <laughs> get that wrong okay sure
0: no you you said you and i don't we're it's yes we don't no, we're right, not in the, the same Tyler. room anymore
2: No,
1: oh, you know Br- britain britain <laughs> doesn't have a score on wonder woman he wasn't there for that episode okay
2: yeah, I don't see art film.
1: <laughs> um, and Aquaman, like I said, I gave it a C. And I, I, if I remember correctly, that was a running gag where I said that for like five episodes yes. in a row. I'm semi-proud of that.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little thing. And then
1: both of y'all gave Aquaman a C+.
0: What about Shazam? I'm uh, here.
1: Let's see. Where? When did we review Shazam? Okay, there we go. All right, I gave Shazam a B. You gave it an A minus, and Britton gave it an A. All right, I am gonna. I am gonna.
0: We're we're restructuring here. Oh we're my doing god, some,
1: we're doing some construction. Oh um, my
0: god, I am I am knocking both Wonder Woman and Shazam down half a peg, and I am putting Birds of Prey at B plus. So Shazam at B plus, Birds of Prey at B plus, and Wonder Woman at B.
1: Hold on, ha ha ha.
0: Final answer.
1: Hold on. Alex okay. oh, oh my god. So Birds of Prey, B plus. We're working backwards here. Shazam, you, you're saying B plus now? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. And then Wonder Woman uh, B? Uh, yes. I'm calling
0: this the Great Correcting of uh, being shocked that the DCU made a good movie.
1: I thought you were gonna um. say the great DCEU <laughs> correcting of twenty twenty. I mean, that it's, it's not it's not that the Snyder cut is coming out next year. It's that Tyler is correcting his grades. Yes. Um, This is
0: the Tyler cut of my <laughs> grades for the. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Th- I think Birds of Prey is my, my favorite overall. Um, I, I. This one just has like so much more heart than any of them, except maybe Shazam and Aquaman. Um, Wonder Woman obviously has, has some great moments, struggles a lot, I think, in other places. Uh, I don't know. I, I, this is the one that feels the most to me, like, oh, this is a movie I enjoy, not a movie that I am proud of sure. for being a thing that exists within this just pile of trash.
2: So. Yeah. Britain. Uh, I'll do B plus as well. Sure. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Alex. I think the filmmaking is stronger, but... Shazam is a stronger, like, entity as a film. Sure. <laughs> like, I, I could point out categories at an awards show that I would, yeah, you know, be happy to see Birds of Prey in, but I don't know. Not that I'm saying like Birds of Prey should win a ton of Oscars, but I'm saying I can pick out elements, but like that I like, and Shazam is like, I like the whole thing. <laughs> they sure. did a good movie.
0: <laughs> I will say I. Uh, I think this movie might be, if I'm if I'm tabulating here correctly. Oh no, this it would be a tie. I was gonna say this movie would be the um, th- balancing of the scales in terms of terrible movies to at least okay movies in the DCU, mm. um, because you've got. If uh, I think we're all relatively on the same page here, Man of Steel, BBS, Justice League, and Suicide Squad versus. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, and Birds of Prey. We have, oh, we have yeah. finally at least caught up to the mistakes if you, of If, the if you want to DC
1: cheat, movement. we'll throw in Joker. That's true. <laughs> there we go.
0: Boom. They did it.
2: <laughs> what um, As of this uh, recording, what DCEU movies are coming up? I know Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. But are there any others that are full on confirmed? Because they keep threatening a Flash movie, but they never actually. Do <laughs> so, it. so
1: really, it's 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 four big projects right now. One of which is the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which is completely unrelated as far as we know.
2: Okay. Okay. Who knows? Yeah.
1: We got the Suicide Squad with James Gunn, which is right. a okay. soft yeah sequel reboot thing. It's got Margot Robbie and Jai Courtney in it. So yeah. yeah. Um, we've got the Snyder Cut, obviously. And then we've got Wonder Woman 1984. And then I think they are okay. still trying to do Black Adam and Shazam 2, but those aren't yep. haven't actually started production.
0: Flash yeah. is one, I think it's had five release dates at this point. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Announced.
2: A couple of different directors. Um, yeah. Several directors.
0: Uh, I believe there's controversy with Ezra Miller. I, I don't actually I know the so. details of that. I just heard
1: something has gone horribly wrong. Um, yeah, he may be abused a fan. Don't worry about it. Moving on.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: so...
2: I mean, worry about it if it happens. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, don't. you know what do, I mean.
0: Do worry about it yeah. for the context of this discussion. Um, yes. Basically, that that is probably dead in the water. It's it's just constantly getting shoved back. And at some point, I think they're going to give up on it.
2: Well, I guess it's time to finally make that Amethyst movie I've always sure. wanted. Oh,
1: I guess... <laughs> Ava DuVernay is still doing the New Gods, I think. Really? But who knows if that's actually connected to any that's... of these at all, given that the Snyder Cut is actually using Darkseid? So, I don't know. Sure. Hmm.
3: Huh.
1: Really, it
0: is? <laughs> Instead of Steppenwolf? Well, the original... So, the idea is that... Originally, Justice League was going to just have Darkseid be the villain, and then I think Warner Brothers tried to push it into two movies, and then... That's how we got Steppenwolf as, like, the mini-boss.
1: I think the idea now is that they're both gonna be in the Snyder Cut.
2: Gotcha. What I'm hoping is that at the very, like, mid-credits, you see side. It's Darkseid, but it's actually Thanos' first appearance with Darkseid's face, like, hovering (laughs) over it. And he's like, I guess I'll do it myself. But is Zack Snyder just, like, making his voice real deep. (laughs) It's just all of
0: Thanos' dialogue from Infinity War and Endgame. Exactly.
2: It's it's always Thanos, but they just hover Darkseid's face over it. (laughs) Uh, Funny
1: stuff. I mean, is that so much worse than the mustache removal? Is it
2: that much worse? (laughs) I don't. I haven't seen the film. (laughs) Um,
0: I've seen it twice.
2: (laughs) Just, 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 just remember when the, when the Ra is weighing your soul against a feather. Just, <laughs> That's gonna be, it's going gonna to be the that. typical...
0: Oh, you gave, you gave two payments
2: to <laughs> Warner Brothers for to Justice, see League. Justice League. <sighs> and yet uh, zero, zero for Gods of Egypt. I don't know how to count that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't watched a lot of movies recently because I've been watching Glow on netflix but i did watch a movie i'll recommend if you like ensemble pieces that's the only connective tissue um i watched my very first spike lee film that i've ever seen it's called get on the bus uh this is a movie is streaming on netflix right now Hmm. and it's from 1996 i want to say about a group of african-american men a diverse uh, group of guys who are all getting on a bus trip to ride from L.A. to Washington to go on the Million Man March. It is, structurally speaking, it's essentially a group of actors having conversations, but the dialogue is so rich and they talk about so many different topics, obviously many of them centering around race, but it's so interesting to watch and to listen to, and it manages to, like, it, 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 there's like momentum and events, even though it's essentially a series of conversations and moments unfolding mm-hmm. throughout a bus trip. I mean, there are stops and stuff, but um, the whole cast is fantastic. You've got like Ossie Davis and Charles S. Dutton, uh, Harry Lennox, uh, Bernie Mac has a small role, um, Hill Harper, like a lot of really great performers it's a movie that I didn't. I wasn't. Really, I, Spike Lee's. A, I I know of a lot of his movies, but I haven't actually seen any of them until now. Um, but get on the bus. I wasn't really familiar with, but I'm really glad that I watched it. I just found it a really interesting. Because I'm, I'm. I wasn't very familiar with the Million Man March and Louis Farrakhan, but I just found it a really interesting. A lot of interesting perspectives on on issues of the day and of now, and also just it's i like watching actors be good actors at each other and this movie has that in droves sure. so get on the bus on netflix get on the bus to watch get on the bus exactly get your get pull down your little dvd <laughs> player they have in buses <laughs> and watch that that way
0: i tried to watch seven samurai but instead i just played sekiro <laughs> Um, it's a good game. I can recommend that as a
3: game.
1: (laughs) Uh, watch true detective all three seasons. (laughs) I don't care what people say about the second one. It's really good. Britain Britain wins. Is
2: the second one? Is that Colin Farrell and Taylor Kitsch? Yes.
1: And, and Rachel McAdams.
2: Bullseye and, uh, John Carter and the lady from spotlight together at last.
1: And it's great. All three seasons are great. Just
2: do it. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of ashamed at never having watched that show because I feel like I would enjoy it.
0: Um and I'm I'm not making this up right. Vince Vaughn is also in season two?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: That oh, that wow. was always like one of the main things that fascinated me about it. Uh having only seen season
2: one. His his non comedy career is so interesting. Like he's a pretty good actor, mm-hmm. <laughs> Vince Vaughn. I liked him more than I did in The Lost
1: World. I'll, I'll say that much. We've probably made this joke before, but when is uh,
0: Kevin James going to get his like prestige performance? Because I feel like all of Adam Sandler's no. crew is very much like, oh, they can actually do things. Well, Chris Rock, at least. <laughs> but like Adam Sandler... Sandler, definitely. Yeah, I'm thinking Sandler, Sandler in a, yeah. um. Uncut Jim's and he just pops up every now and then to be like, I'm going to do something serious.
2: I guess with Kevin James, I mean, here comes the boom. Is is the one. <laughs> that was kind of his, his joker.
0: Can we get a can we get a Kevin James Churchill biopic?
2: <laughs> I want it. The dar- the darkest hour 2.
0: <laughs> I really like the idea eat, eat. of making a biopic where you have to recast the character for the sequel because it's, like, less... The (laughs) budget's not as high.
2: Prime Minister, we didn't actually get the Nazis good enough. (laughs) Well, then then here comes the boom. And then all the animals from Zookeeper are there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they'll eventually do, like, a gritty reboot of Paul Blart Mall Cop. So. Sure, sure, that'll work. Where he, or it'll be like Creed, where he's like a wizened old Paul Blart. <laughs> See, I was gonna say it's like Logan training. <laughs> he's he's got it. Just Paul Blart he's, dragging his Segway across. It's, the It's west. just
1: called Blart. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got to take a young mall <laughs> security officer, like a rookie, halfway across the country. His his Segway is like a Mad Max vehicle. Like it's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's like Ty Sheridan or somebody. <laughs> it's very good. Um, Britain, I do Into believe that.
0: you win the podcast award for being the only person to recommend a movie. Um, yay! <laughs> you get nothing for it. <laughs> uh, no. Do we have Do we have anything else before we wrap up?
2: Wear a mask, people. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. Not a black mask. I went mask to the grocery though. store no i went to the grocery store right before recording y'all it was no <laughs> yeah just just don't um, just wear a mask especially if you're with your children yeah. with your children yeah just wear one not to pivot i wore one
0: not to pivot from discussion of an actual pandemic to a movie that we talked about um but i did want to bring up uh, how did y'all feel about uh, the death of roman sionis in this movie
2: I thought it was kind of funny. I did too. In I think, the, it's, I, I think it's supposed to be.
0: Um, I, I, cause it's just like, it's such a ridiculous effect that I think it, it works.
1: Um, yeah. I like the death itself. I feel like Harley Quinn and Roman don't have an interesting enough relationship together sure. for that, that whole final conversation to really have a whole lot of weight.
0: It also would, it yeah. would have been nice for him to actually like get burned with the mask on and have the whole thing and right. survive and like become the black, black mask. Um but.
2: Yeah. I don't know. maybe he'll come back in a future movie, but he'll be all like robotic. <laughs> it's like someone put him back together. That'd be good. I'm okay with that.
0: I I endorse that more than the, the air cut. <laughs> you can find us online at Sequels dot com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify if you search Here Come the Sequels. And you can email us at herecomethesequels.gmail.com. At did I say that part? I probably did. We also have a website. It's com. I said one of those things the first time. I don't know which one it was. I've said them both, at least one <laughs> of them twice. It's fine. You know, I um, just realized
1: this is probably the movie that I would be most excited for if they said there was going to be a sequel. Yep. Even giving all, I, uh, I, given all I, of my definitely. misgivings about the movie... And it bombed, and nobody saw it yep. except for us, so you're <laughs> welcome, America. <laughs> this was the last uh, movie that the sequel
0: bros saw um, <laughs> pre-pandemic.
2: Yeah, so. that's true. That's true.
0: Or at least the last that we saw together, I should say. But
2: yeah, yeah. We'll get back to it. We'll all go for, see uh, something.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. What's that I hear? My score sheet is making noises. It appears we're about to hit the number two hundred. Oh my god! Uh? If your calculations are correct. It's the
0: it's the machine from uh Willy Wonka it is
2: <laughs> telling us the the loom from, the loom from wanted has is as predicted this way. <laughs> Since since
1: we started the podcast, we always knew this was the end game. Correct. Uh, <laughs> would you like to tell the fine folks what we're going to be
2: reviewing? Oh my god, we're doing the I Rise think of
1: Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Oh my god,
2: ROS? I don't believe it exists.
1: <laughs> or at least the Abrams
0: cut is all I'm saying. Sure. Um. Jeez. So yeah, we're uh. I was going to say excited but that's probably not true.
2: Um yeah, I haven't seen it. It so. is a movie. I'm excited cuz once I finish it that means I'll get to watch the finale of The Mandalorian. There you go. So I'm excited about that. No promises there I will not be bonus friend, Mandalorian
0: man. coverage in the
1: next episode.
2: Yeah, it might be my 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 safety.
1: <laughs> yep. We're uh we're we're wrapping up Star Wars. We might talk a little bit about the Mandalorian, and then we never have to talk about it again. At least until N- Until Mandalorian season two. two.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. It's all built up to this moment, gentlemen. <laughs> are you with me? We are uh deciding
0: that uh, our years-long uh, franchise uh, has actually always planned to land on this moment, um,
2: right? So this is the end of the movie Walker <laughs> saga. <laughs> oh, e- ever since I first stood out and looked up at the twin sons that were Tyler and Alex, <laughs> and said, "One day, <laughs> one day, I'll get out of out of this podcastless wasteland I'm in." i've been tyler i've been alex is this ad i'm seeing for ad astra meta